Chapter Twenty Four of Eighty Seven by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Four: A Providence. The blush on Vine's cheeks was a vivid crimson now, which spread all over her face. I have not made myself understood, she said earnestly. I did not mean to stand outside and criticize in the spirit of one who believed she could do any better than the rest. I mean, simply, that these workers seem to me to have thought out some grand ways of reaching and helping others, ways which would never have occurred to me in the world, and then have stopped short of their privileges. They disappoint me, but not more than I disappoint myself. I understand perfectly, dear little Vine. There is solemn truth in what you have been saying. Some of these ways of working could be utilized. It is your and my privilege since they have been thought out for us, to help utilize them. I think of some things which I will do as soon as I reach home. I think of one thing which I will go to my room and do this evening. I will write to that boy. The words which I did not speak to him years ago. To be sure I don't know where he is, not even if he is on earth at all now. And he is no longer a boy, if living, but a young man, but I will shoot an arrow at a venture, and see what will come of it. And you needn't blush, nor look distressed, Vine, dear, for this is a direct outgrowth of your strong little lecture to-night. Meantime, I insist that you join our class at once, and let it help you live out your own ideas. How does it come to pass that yours is the class of eighty-seven, said Vine, when you were here at the formation of the circle? I should have supposed you would have entered the ranks at once. There was a sudden pressure of the hand which held Vine's, and Miss Force's voice, when she spoke again, trembled a little. I did, dear, and read for two years or more. Then a shadow of great darkness fell upon me. I buried my mother and sister, and one strong, true friend, my best friend, all within a year. It took me a long time to creep out of the darkness into God's light again. In fact, I never did. I was utterly crushed and helpless and rebellious. But, in his infinite love and mercy, he reached down after me and drew me up into the sunlight of his presence as I had never felt it before. I joined the class of 87 for the express purpose of working in it for him. And I thank him for putting certain words into your heart to say tonight they have helped me to ideas. But I don't want you to stand outside any longer. Come in and help us. Now let us go home. I want to write my letter. I ought to be an eighty-seven, said Vine dreamily, as she slipped her hand through the other's arm, and they went down the moonlighted avenue together. Something should be done to signalize that year. It has always seemed to me as though it brought to me a marked time in my life. I suppose for no more sensible reason than because I shall be exactly as old as my mother was when she married, and mother has told me so much about her life that from a wee child I have had romantic ideas connected with that date. The sentence closed with a little laugh, but Miss Force did not echo the laugh. She, too, had had a peculiar mother, one about whom all the tender memories and fanciful dreams of childhood clustered and she had now only a grave. She spoke so gently to Vine about the blessedness of having such a mother, and smothered in her heart the pain which throbbed 
when she remembered that she counted nearly all her treasures by graves i'll write a letter to your boy spoke vine a few minutes later with another little laugh give him a bit of advice from my wise old lips how will that do for romance it may have a better source than romance miss force said what if the holy spirit has suggested it and will give you a message which he knows can reach a stranger and draw him home what a solemn thing such possibilities make of life said vine instantly sobered then after a moment well miss force i will write it just a little word from one stranger to another i do not even know his name don't tell me please it will seem all the more like a venture into the unknown will you enclose it with your letter certainly but you are to remember that hardly anything is less probable than that it will ever reach his hands i have not the slightest clue as to his whereabouts nor existence it is one of my regrets i meant to keep him in view but as i told you the shadows shut down upon me so suddenly and rapidly that year i know said vine clasping her friend's hand in intense silent sympathy she had heard something of those three graves from a friend of both arrived at the cottage miss force went directly to her room to write my letter she said smiling vine was on her way to the same work but seeing a light in the kitchen went thither and found her mother washing dishes mother in the kitchen at this hour and dishwashing at this hour repeated the weary mother with a wan smile it is ridiculous vine but i have been hindered all the evening and great events have come to pass since tea i should think so here give me the cloth sit down mother this minute i hadn't an idea of this and i've been loitering in the moonlight this entire evening where is anne anne is seated in blissful repose on the deck of some steamer i presume at this moment enjoying the moonlight she has left us vine left us to stay what for when did she go why mother what in the world are we to do one at a time dear she has been gone about an hour the special occasion for her leaving was i think because she felt too angry to stay she has been you know in a chronic state of ill-humour for several weeks as to the special cause of this outburst i was too busy and too tired to inquire something went wrong between her and hannah i believe then i complained a little of the napkins and that was the straw too much never mind vine more serious trials than this have been lived through i know but here it is in the very height of the season and our house so full of boarders and more help and impossibility you have so much more care now than you ought to have i don't see what we are to do there will be a way provided dear we won't worry besides i have not told you all my news something else happened i had a call from mrs griggs poor mother said vine with a half laugh all your troubles come together i had no idea you were enduring such an evening while i sat mooning in the hall what did mrs griggs want something which i am in doubt whether to name as a special providence or a special trial she came a few minutes after anne's outburst 
vine she wants to come here to come here repeated vine setting the dish she had been drying perilously near to the edge of the table and looking the embodiment of bewilderment and dismay come where to this house for what to board no said mrs wilmeth laughing she is not in search of a boarding place she wants to work vine to come right in with us and take hold of things she says she is not satisfied with her present management she has very few boarders and they are not of the paying sort they want all kinds of gimcracks which she doesn't know how to make she says she can do the substantials as well as the next one but the fussings are for young things like you who give their mind to them she has an opportunity to rent her house ready furnished to a party of young people from michigan who want to keep house and to make her long story short she proposes to rent it to them if we will let her come here and take hold with all her might for good wages she was never one of the stuck-up sort she says and if she can get a good rent for her house and earn her living by cooking for regular wages instead of getting her pay out of the small change which happens to be left over after she has bought and cooked and done her best for a lot of cantankerous and disappointed boarders she doesn't see why she shouldn't do it i hope you enjoy her expressive phrases vine as well as i did it positively rested me to hear her words there seemed to be so much strength in them she is a very strong woman well daughter of course i could say nothing definite in reply i told her there were two of us and we always worked together as one and that i should have to see her to-morrow what shall we say vine was drying the last knife she rubbed it with slow care as though her happiness for weeks to follow might depend on the degree of polish which she succeeded in bestowing and said not a word her mother watched her expressive face with a shade of anxiety but the daughter did not notice it she was imagining mrs josiah griggs among the kettles and dishcloths of that kitchen knocking the things about in her ponderous bustling way displacing and arranging all the various trim contrivances for expediting the work of the kitchen which had been among the vigorously pushed studies of vine's latest winter she heard herself spoken to a dozen times in a day in the harsh loud voice she knew so well here elviny put them things away can't you elviny what's to hinder your takin hold and makin those cookies instead of me takin my time a girl of your age ought to do all the bacon for the whole family she could almost hear her voice at the moment it was so exactly like mrs griggs way of managing other people's affairs for them it was so unlike the ways to which she was accustomed her mother's low-voiced daughter was always music to her ears and the girls all liked her even anne had rarely been cross to her mrs griggs was the only person she knew who seemed privileged to live in a chronic state of fault-finding with her would it be possible to endure her presence all day and every day still how were they to manage else the cook was already overworked and the chambermaid was good-naturedly doing more each day than properly fell to her share anne despite her high temper had been very efficient and her place would be hard to fill even if during the season it had been possible to fill it in any way 
certainly as her mother said there were phases about this strange proposal which seemed like a special providence mrs griggs knew how to do heavy work and a good deal of it and mother poor mother was overworked and very tired she stole a glance at her as she sat in the chair where vine had placed her not idle she had risen almost immediately washed her hands at the sink visited the refrigerator and returned with a dish of potatoes which she was paring steadily while she talked she looked very pale and worn looking at her vine thought suddenly of miss force's mother and of the flower-strewn grave under a family elm which had been described to her she spoke suddenly well mother i think perhaps we would better call it a providence and try her at least only and her face lighted a little with a possible hope there is one thing to think of how would she and hannah agree if hannah should get vexed and leave us we would be in trouble mrs wilmeth did not know whether to smile or sigh she had noted the flash of hope on vine's face no she said gently hannah and she are cronies so she says the smile had its way this time they can work together as nice as two pigs in a pen the simile is her own vine then mother and daughter looked at one another and laughed outright very well said vine breaking off suddenly and shutting back resolutely a little sigh let us try them and now mother cannot you go at once to bed i will finish those potatoes and leave everything in order for hannah but daughter about this matter have you thought of everything which it involves i am surprised that you consider it feasible even in this emergency anne slept across the way with her friend you know but mrs griggs cannot be expected to do that and hannah and jane have such a little room there is no chance to put up another bed even if that would answer do you see vine all that it would involve no vine had not seen had not thought of such a possibility her face paled under it and she sat down suddenly in the straight-backed kitchen chair her face wearing a curious drawn look she would have to sleep with me she gasped rather than spoke why not quite so bad as that dear we could set the cot up for her but it would have to go in your room i suppose i have thought it all over for the last hour and i can imagine no other way i think we shall have to dismiss the question daughter as among the impossibles and vine took it all in as one bitter dose she saw the ponderous feet treading heavily on the bright rugs in her pretty room strong hands setting the chairs with a bang on her delicate matting slamming brush and comb among the purities of her white toilet table vine even thought she saw many hairs standing in frowsy snarls all around the edges of that brush leaning over and touching with oily breath the white frills of her pincushion she shivered and looked about her for the open window whence the wind came and wondered that the evening had suddenly turned so chilly her one little white room her pretty refuge from all that jarred in her life which was of course not all sunshine for she was not a daughter who shirked and in summer the hours were full of crowding and not always congenial duties but in her own pretty room she had given free rein to her dainty delicate fancies 
and reveled among just the tints and shapes which pleased her best simple inexpensive adornments not the less precious because they were so largely the work of her own or her mother's hands vine had always from the time she was six and was promoted from the crib to the dignity of a little white bed of her own in the tiny room which opened out from mother's had this one spot sacred to herself her own room even her mother with the delicate tact which had characterized this plain hard-working woman in the bringing up of her daughter always knocked at this door and awaited permission before she entered could vine endure it to have mrs josiah griggs passing in and out at all hours of the day as one who had a right there could she lie still under the delicate draperies of her lovely bed and listen to the hard breathing of the ponderous form on the cot i almost know she snores said poor vine to herself with that curious mixing of the ludicrous with the pathetic which is an accompaniment of all excited states of nerve oh dear i can't i really can't do it mother is right we must dismiss this thing as impossible vine said mrs wilmeth after the silence had lasted for several minutes during which she had finished and put away the potatoes she came to her daughter's side and passed her hand lovingly over the girl's brown hair fine don't let us think of it any more i hadn't an idea of it daughter really i was surprised that you should have it is quite out of the question of course i would not have your home life spoiled in any such way let us get to rest dear and don't worry we shall see our way clearer in the morning some way will be provided there always is promise me daughter that you will not give it any more thought then vine reached up and kissed her mother a long clinging kiss i'll promise she said rising and winding her arms about the mother as she looked fondly down on her she was a trifle the taller of the two it doesn't need any more thinking about little mother it is all thought out and settled I was planning where I should have the cot stand. End of chapter 24